0: You are listening to a conservative review production. Trust, but verify. You're listening to the conservative conscience. And welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz here. Boy, half-truths. How about hot air? Zero truths. Full lies. I'm telling you, there's no moral clarity anymore. And this is why we're here. We're here to cut through the grease. We're here every day with our our writings, our podcasts, our videos. Check out conservativereview.com get your premier subscription also subscribe to levintv.com join our sponsors now more than ever we need to cut through the grease what i mean by that is this i'm actually headed to a point here i know we kind of jumped right into it i promised i'd put out another podcast and oh here i forgot to mention it is early monday morning August 29th, our last week in the summer here. I know I promised to put out a podcast at the end of last week, didn't get a chance to, but hopefully we'll have a couple this week. And again, the point I want to address here is murkiness on foundational issues, the foundational issue of sovereignty, of immigration. I'm not so concerned about the election anymore. It is what it is. It's a dumpster fire. There's nothing we can do Trump is literally not spending a penny on TV this week as Hillary Clinton spends $10 million. I don't know what you do with that. You know what I mean? This whole conscience debate or debate over whether you want to support a guy like Trump, it's a moot point. That would only matter if it's actually tied, <laughs> if there's actually something to um, to work with and your vote in a swing state would make a difference. But the problem is the swing states have become blue dumpster fires where Hillary's up by 12 to 15 points. So it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, the important thing is that we actually preserve our integrity on the issues. And, you know, this past week we've had constant headlines. Softening, hardening, softening, hardening on immigration. Trump is softening his position. No, he's hardening. And, you know, now, now he openly says, I'm, I'm figuring it out. What is there to figure out? I want you guys to pick up a copy of my book at Amazon.com, Stolen Sovereignty. I have three really four chapters in there about our history on immigration, of the legal system, our policy, our founders, what they thought about immigration and sovereignty and the right of, of a sovereign nation to decide who comes in, under what circumstances, and under what conditions and values did they did they place on immigration. And I, I could tell you there was never any murkiness. there was never any ambiguity. They were always very clear about the fact that immigration was an elective policy. It was something we didn't have to do. And as such, we would only bring in people that would love America, become Americans. They would absolutely never be a public charge. Not that there's something bad about everyone who's poor at all. It's just that, you know, we have poor Americans and it's just not worth importing more poor people if you could help it. It's, it's a, it's a common-sense thing. It, it, is, it was reflected in every statute from our colonial statutes because the colonies did regulate it, believe it or not. The states regulated it before 1875 and 1882. And then certainly once the federal government kind of fully controlled immigration from eh, 1882, 1891 onward, to this day our statutes reflect that. Um and, and you know they're not practiced, but they were practiced pretty much. I, don't, I mean, in, until the nineties, uh, they uh, you, you did have the first wave of illegal immigration in, in the in the sixties and seventies, and you had the eighty six amnesty. But um, for the most part, they were followed. It, th- th- this goes all the way up to Bill Clinton and Harry Reid. I mean, you're talking about Democrats that are still prominent. Um, just one generation ago, they they had moral clarity on this issue, and we pointed that, that out. We have an 80-second clip we dug up from Bill Clinton's 1995 State of the Union address where he, he had this clarity. So everyone's perturbed by, what do you do with the 11 million illegal aliens here? I want to address a very specific issue dead on. There's a lot of issues... To address an immigration. I want to address the issue that we shouldn't be addressing, but the media won't stop talking about it. Donald Trump won't stop stop talking about it. So, so here we go. We often hear in Washington, one of the most used up, boring platitudes, probably the most abused phrase in the ling- English language, our immigration system is broken. Well, the truth is our immigration system is is broken, but it's broken in a very different way than what the politicians mean when they express that statement. In in truth, it's our political system that's broken. Our politicians are broken. One of the most dyslexic priorities that you'll ever find among our political class is their laser beam focus on what to do with the illegal aliens already in America. But what they never talk about is what to do to save American taxpayers and American workers from all of the harmful effects of illegal immigration, whether it's national security, crime, education. The schools are being overrun with, with a, a lot of kids that cannot speak English coming from a very different society and don't really have a right to be here constitutionally. We have the hospitals that are overrun. The welfare system is just exploding and yet there is no emergency, no desire to do something about that. Instead, we always hear in these hushed, urgent tones from these wizards of smart in the GOP consultant world, boy, we need to do something about immigration. Again, that's something that they're referring to is amnesty for illegals, doubling our already unprecedented record of generous immigration system. But nobody is standing up for what I would call the forgotten man. Let's just use their own terminology against them. What about the undocumented Americans, the true people lying in the shadows, those who are undocumented in the sense that they don't have the multi-billion-dollar legal defense lobby, the foreign lobbyist interests, who just tirelessly advocate for in, uh, this population of illegal immigrants? what about the the joe six pack american family trying to <clears throat> make <clears throat> trying to earn a living and really tr- trying to put their kids through school trying to pay their taxes without uh, all their tax funds going towards these ridiculous uh, welfare programs that are just uh, saturated with waste and fraud and among them is this growth of illegal immigrants on on these welfare programs. This is just insane. But nobody has expressed a desire to deal with this. Ask yourself this. Is there, even if you're a supporter of amnesty. Is there an emergency? Is this something that must be dealt with now? After all, one of the biggest arguments that advocates of open borders give for amnesty is they say, well, these people have been here for so long. They're so much a part of the American fabric. Gosh, what, what are we going to do with them? But that's the point. They, they've been here for a while. They are not being persecuted. In fact, as we just noted, they have more political rights than any of us. They have more representation um, among the political elites than the average American citizen does. So that could wait. But here's what can't wait. What can't wait is the endless lawlessness of this administration, the endless flow of illegal immigration. If nothing else, just the violent crime that is That is taking place now. Obama said originally in order to explain the rationale for his amnesty that he wanted to focus primarily on criminal aliens. His empty slogan was let's deport alien uh, criminals, not families. Well, as it turns out, there are 167,000 criminal aliens in this country who have not been deported and the administration has no plans to lift a finger to deport any one of them 36,000 criminal aliens were released during the previous fiscal year during this most recent fiscal year another 30,000 were released and and these are not your, your Girl Scouts who are doing the jobs Americans won't do among them, among these 30,000 just from this fiscal year they have racked up 79,000 crimes including 175 homicides 373 sexual assaults 186 kidnappings and 14,000 impaired driving offenses i know it's like every week where where you'll see another story about an all-american family a policeman a firefighter cut down in the prime of their life because of an illegal alien drunk driver this is a huge epidemic where is this alacrity, where is this sense of urgency from the political class to take up legislation, to use all of the funding bills and authorization bills to ensure that Obama is forced to follow the law? Nothing. You don't hear anything about this. What about the crushing fiscal burden? It's been revealed, despite Obama's promise, if you remember back in the day, Representative Joe Wilson from South Carolina shouted out during Obama's speech before Congress on Obamacare. He said, you lie. Well, he was referring to Obama's assertion that illegal aliens will not get Obamacare subsidies. Well, indeed, we now know they are eligible for Obamacare subsidies. In addition, the IRS commissioner just admitted that illegal aliens can receive huge windfalls f- from refundable tax credits, and now that Obama has legalized six hundred sixty-four thousand illegal aliens, what he calls the DACA recipients. And remember, these recipients, this DACA program, has not been countermanded by the courts. Only the recent amnesty, the DAPA, um, but not the DACA program. This alphabet soup of lawlessness that that it, that it stands to this day almost 600,000 social security cards have been issued to this population of illegal immigrants. And again, everyone is saying that we must do something about these illegal aliens. But as we know, every time we say that, we only engender a further wave of illegal immigration and more sob stories. So why not first focus on the people for whom these members of Congress have a constitutional responsibility to protect, let's get this under control, and then maybe we could talk about that. But there is no constitutional responsibility to change our laws to accommodate an illegal population. Now look, are there going to be sob stories on all sides? Absolutely. We don't live in a perfect world, and there is no perfect way— of executing the rule of law without these sob stories. Think of, forget about immigration for a moment. Think about your run-of-the-mill violent criminal. We we got to lock the guy up. We got to put him in jail. Well what about his family? The family is going to suffer of no fault of their own. Perhaps assuming they had they weren't accomplices in this individual's uh, crimes, But that's life. I mean, it's terrible, but the the best course of action for society on net has to be the rule of law, and you have to lock these people up. It's the same thing in this case. Sure, there are some children that were brought here, quote, of no fault of their own. But whose fault is it? Is it the fault of the American taxpayer who has suffered for decades from the crime, the fiscal cost, and the national security (laughs) threats of this illegal population? Or is it the fault of the countries of origin, countries like the government governments of countries like Mexico, and the families that have brought them here? It is their problem to deal with first and foremost. But first and foremost, it is the responsibility of the United States government to to first secure borders, to first protect the education system, the welfare system, to first protect states like Arizona who are under constant threat from from illegal immigration. They must stand for the true undocumented American, the families of hardworking, both native taxpayers and legal immigrants who are completely undocumented and underrepresented in this debate. It's time the politicians actually prioritize the needs of Americans. It's time for them to right this ship and to focus on the rule of law, to focus on Americans first and foremost before political self-interest in order to balkanize this country with endless waves of illegal immigration. And by constantly talking about exclusively about what to do with those illegal aliens already here, you are not putting Americans first. You are not prioritizing our sovereignty. Because what we've learned from the last 30 years is that every time you telegraph the message to the world that we are terrified of this notion of deporting people, or, man, once you make it here, you're pretty much here to stay. Our laws don't really mean anything. Our sovereignty doesn't mean anything, like most countries in the world. Then you're done. They'll keep coming. And that's the thing. We have an obligation, a moral obligation, to deal with the existing flow and protecting Americans from future waves. And there's a couple other points I also want to address here. There'd be one thing if, you know, we had everything solved. We didn't have mass, you know, as numbers of Islamic refugees from the Middle East. We didn't have over a million legal immigrants a year. We didn't have, you know, a, just a new flow of illegal immigrants coming over our border now. And everything was taken care of. More or less, our system reflected the values of Americans. All right, you know, hey, maybe maybe you could... uh grant some amnesty. But again, not that there's an entitlement and there's a moral imperative. That is up to the people to decide, ultimately through their elected representatives, if they want to change that or, you know, give give an amnesty. But the notion that we talk about that now is absurd. And also the fact that we have been so generous in our immigration system, our legal immigration system, particularly to those from the very countries where we're getting so many illegal immigrants from. First and foremost, Mexico. Do you know that we have had more immigration from Mexico, legal, not including the illegals, than any other country in the history of our, our of our nation? We have never been more generous to any other nation. And, and, and I just find this extremely insulting. It's hurtful that that point is not recognized. I'm going to read for you here just some statistics from... From my book, Stolen Sovereignty, this is chapter 7. Lots of good numbers and stats there. Page 144. Again, pick it up at Amazon.com when you get a chance. Um, More people have come from Mexico than from any other country in our our modern history. Over the past 44 years, 6.65 million people have emigrated from Mexico legally. Compared to 4.5 million who emigrated from Italy, the previous record-breaking country of origin, from 1880 to 1929, right during the Great Wave? Italy was um, the prime—not to say primary country, but certainly the single largest sending country of immigrants, and that represented 4.5 million. We've taken in 6.65 million Mex- Mexicans, and by the way, every year. You want to know every year. By far, it's not even close, the number one legal immigrant country that we take from is Mexico. It's about twice as much as China and India, the number two and three slots. And that goes for citizenship as well. If you both look at the intake and then on on the citizenship level, which is about seven years later, the ones getting citizenship, um, we we hand out citizenship to more Mexican nationals um, than any other country by far. So again, it's kind of insulting to suggest that we haven't done enough. Um, we've, you know, we're more generous than anyone. But you could always give us this pseudo morality. Oh man, you're going to let more people starve and die in Africa, oh, in in Latin America. We should downright send boats there and pick more people up. But but no, that that's absurd. You know, much like a head of a household, elected officials have an obligation to look out for. The american people like the head of the household that must look out for you know his wife and kids and, and and it is mutually exclusive to to a large degree that's the thing we can't bring in the world this is just a, it's a simple reality it's a common sense that that i'm telling you you read harry reid's speeches from 20 years ago and he got this more than any republican or conservative nowadays so this is not very hard to understand i want to address one more point on this morality of immigration, this, you know, what's going on here. Um, As you know, a big part of what I have in Stolen Sovereignty is discussing the nexus between the broken courts and our broken immigration system, where the courts are granting judicial amnesty. So you kind of have the stolen sovereignty on an individual level, where the courts are violating the individual sovereignty of, of Americans, where they can't decide their own Um, fate through their elected representatives you now have the unelected branches doing that this social transformation without representation but then they're also violating our national sovereignty as well by um, just granting rights to illegal aliens that never existed I I go through I have an entire chapter chapter four in my book where we basically lay out 150 years of case law where the courts before they went crazy said look I mean who to let into a country that belongs to the people's representatives? We we can't even give standing to people who come here against the national will to um you know to to e- even push off their deportation. Forget about it. sue for affirmative benefits such as welfare or driver's licenses, which they get all the time now. I mean, they didn't even have standing to block a deportation because that's up to the country. Um, they, they were just afforded. Bare bones minimum, you know, administrative due process that some sort of executive official from the immigration branch had to, you know, just allow them to present their case to ensure that they were indeed uh, here against the against statute or that they weren't U.S. citizens or something like that, and we didn't, you know, pick up the wrong person and attempt to to, to deport a U.S. citizen. But uh, you, you know, in terms of getting standing in the courts, that that never ever. Um, occurred. I, I, uh, I warned in my book that here, I'm reading here from page 193, and I, I know I'm kind of teasing out a couple of paragraphs here and there, but you, you really need to pick up the full book. Um, I, I say the next president has an immediate responsibility to fix these systemic flaws addressing both illegal and legal immigration. However, as we've seen from the growing tyranny in the court system, if nothing is done to strip the courts of their illegitimately acquired power over immigration policy, the unelected branch of government will likely veto the will and sovereignty of the people, even if we are lucky enough to elect political leaders willing to address these problems. And, and, and this is our problem. We have a huge, huge problem here. Um, I warn, for this reason, we must turn our attention to the courts and cut the head off the snake that has stolen our individual sovereignty, lest our sovereignty as a nation be lost forever. I say this because I'm hearing from Donald Trump, from Ryan Priebus, the RNC chairman, man, you know, we got to do something for these illegals. The 11 million, and it's funny, you know, no one believes there's 11 million. There's clearly a lot more, probably closer to 20 million. Um, we we got to do something, and, and they all say the following: that you know what, oh, we're not going to give them citizenship because they know nobody wants to hear from that. But we'll, we'll give them some form of legalization. I want to address that point directly and tie it into you know what I was saying about the, the the problem with the courts these days. Let me tell you something. Do you understand how much power and political clout illegal aliens have while they are here illegally? <laughs> They have a stronger lobby than we have. right? They have the Ford Foundation, Soros-funded groups that, that have an army of 10, 20,000 immigration attorneys throughout the country that literally put every single deportation in court. I'm talking about violent criminal aliens. We're, we're not even deporting. The courts are, are, are just setting them free. The notion... That if we had a Congress that actually changed our laws and granted them affirmatively legal status, and he had a president sign that into law, so now they're here legitimately of legal status. The notion that you are gonna be able to keep them that way in perpetuity without a pathway to citizenship is lunacy. The courts within a year, forget about a year, within a day, the all these groups will sue in federal court. Equal protection, substantive due process, privileges and immunities, all the garbage that they bastardized the 14th Amendment with and say, hey, you know, they're they're here legally. I can guarantee. Look, the courts are doing this even when they're illegal. So certainly if Congress legalizes them, they are absolutely going to say, look, you have to grant them some sort of path. You cannot keep them here as a permanent underclass. Uh, again, I'm not agreeing with that. That's absurd, and I think we need to tell the courts to go to hell, and that's something we're going to continue talking about, but they're not going to do that, and this is the problem we have. And then just politically speaking, even without the courts, the notion that that's a sustainable position, that once they become you know, legal, that you're going to be able to wall off citizenship for, for more than six months, months—that that's just not happening. So, I mean, I just wanted to address that point there. If anyone tells you, well, you know, that's kind of a good compromise, yeah, maybe on in, in a textbook. That's never going to happen in real life. That's why the minute you talk about what to do with the eleven million here, you lose the discussion. We got to move off of that. You know, we're just about out of time here, and I uh, really appreciate you guys listening to two rambling uh, podcasts on this issue. But it is very important. I am going to have a couple more articles, God willing, this week, laying out a statement of principles on sovereignty where we stand. Again, there's nothing we can do about this election at this point in our position. The best we can do is hang on to our issues, hope to fight another day, work on strategy for the coming months. You know, what does a Hillary presidency look like? Um, I mean, it's miserable, but, but, you know, what do we need to do in the States to just rip power away from the feds and say, no. And, you know, we're, we're going to be talking a lot more about the courts. Um, the courts are going to be even worse than Hillary Clinton, than 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 her administration. They'll be corrupt as anything. But um, in terms of what is crushing the states, it's the courts. You had just Friday, just a couple days ago, uh, th- there was a narrow injunction placed on HB two, North Carolina's law saying that you know, like a dude with a groin is a male and a female is a female uh, for purposes of private dressing spaces. <laughs> So, uh, you know, we have a major problem in North Carolina there. We have also, in, you know, look, when it comes to immigration, I'm going to report on this. Hopefully, if I have a chance, I'll write up an article. But I'll tell you guys now, the left is taking DAPA, Obama's amnesty, back to court. And they're they're trying to say that the injunction that the Fifth Circuit put in place should only be binding in the jurisdiction of the Fifth Circuit, you know, Texas and and. And uh, Louisiana, that, that area, that, that south-central part of the country, they're trying to say that the amnesty should go through in the rest of the country. I mean, so I'm just telling you, this problem with the courts stealing our sovereignty, the courts granting standing to illegals, is a huge problem. And this is what happens when you start worrying about something that is not within the purview of our elected officials, what to do about foreign nationals, what to do about everyone else. What about what to do about Americans following the rule of law, following our history and tradition on immigration that we've had since our founding? Don't let in anyone tell you that, oh, our history, we've always been a nation of immigrants. That, that's a meaningless statement. Every country is a nation of immigrants at some point. But, um, you know, the, the devil's in the details. And, and we have always put the, the – not, not just the security, but – you know, the well-being in general of those already here first. And this is something we cannot move away from, and we cannot change who we are just because of Donald Trump, you know, softening on the issue. You know, I see Ann Coulter writes a whole book. I mean, (laughs) what a joke. And Trump we trust, mocking God, you know, replacing God for Trump, because he's going to take care of immigration. Whoops, the day her book comes out, Trump changes his mind, and every damn word in her book is worthless now. You know, I'm proud to say my book I wrote on sovereignty, on the courts, on immigration, religious liberty, I'm proud to say that every word rings true now, it will hold true in six months from now, it will hold true in 10 years from now. And and that is why we have to stay with who we are. I, I am seeing so many of these other talk shows or conservative organizations that literally flip on a dime they were pro amnesty after 2014 then when Trump became cool they flipped the other way now that Trump's going back they're moving back <laughs> you know we don't put our faith in men we put our faith in god and we and we put our trust in the in the laws we adopted the system of governance we adopted it's only through staying true to our principles that we could ever fully identify the problem and and you know through prayer through God's divine providence, come up with some solutions. I promise you, I'm going to do everything I can to, to you know, in the position I hold and people I talk to to try to chart a, a path forward if Hillary Clinton wins. But until then, don't change who you are. Don't start supporting amnesty and buying into this pseudo um, humanitarian talk. It's, it's just the opposite as we laid out. Really, I, I was really happy to kind of get this off my chest. Um, Just because I've heard so much garbage about this issue, we need moral clarity on the sovereignty issue. We're we're totally out of time. Actually, we're over time. I hope I don't get cowhided for this. But anyway, um, thanks as always for listening. God bless. This has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience.